YouTube, how's it going, everybody? Born AK High here. I hope everyone's having a fantastic. What is it now? Wednesday. Wow, this week's going by freaking fast. How's it going, everybody? I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Born AK High here. We're here with the San Diego Padres Philadelphia Phillies post game show. Blake Snell makes his uh, debut today of the 2022 campaign. Nick Martinez comes in relief. The San Diego Padres get shut out by the Philadelphia Phillies 3-0. Okay, everybody, this kind of day like this was somewhat due for the San Diego Padres as there wasn't much going on from an offensive standpoint. The Padres had four hits. The Phillies only had five hits, yet... Yet, the Phillies had three runs, okay? Zach Wheeler was absolutely incredible today. His best start of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies as he went seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, nine strikeouts, zero walks, absolutely shoved. Blake Snell, three and two-thirds, three earned runs, five strikeouts, three walks. The command wasn't quite there for Blake Snell. Nick Martinez comes in relief and was absolutely great for the San Diego Padres. Four innings pitched, only two hits, six strikeouts. Nick Martinez was absolutely unbelievable. Welcome to the San Diego Padres Hogwatch postgame show chat. My name's Born AK Hog. We discuss the San Diego Padres at a granular level after every single game. We have a postgame live stream. Win or lose, we got you covered on the Hogwatch. All I ask is hit the subscribe button, turn on those post bell notifications so you know when Hogster goes live. Hit that like button button and let's get right into the post game recap again everybody we are doing this for a kind of our newer youtube audience we're going to do 10 minute post game recaps right after the games and then we'll start engaging with the chat we'll get some roll calls we'll get some everything going in but here we go everybody blake snell debut 2022 time the biggest question was what kind of blake snell were we going to see today that was the biggest question. And unfortunately, it looked like we got more so of 2021 Blake Snell. Because 2021 Blake Snell, the strikeout numbers were still high in the first half. Excuse me, I should say 2021 first half Blake Snell. He was wild again today. It took him 84 pitches to go to three and two-thirds only. And only 46 of those 84 pitches were strikes. That's well over 40%. Excuse me. Only 60% of his pitches were thrown for strikes. So Blake Snell didn't have his best stuff. He, again, it was his first start. You're not trying to overreact here, but he was very, very wild in that first inning. He walked two guys. It could have been a lot worse. He only allowed three runs through three and two-thirds. And I'm telling you guys, it could have been a lot worse. And this is a good problem to have if you think Blake Snell could be the worst starter on this Padres team. Because tonight, at least, it was night and day seeing Nick Martinez in comparison to Blake Snell. But it is very important to understand understand that it was just start number one for Blake Snell so his off-speed stuff his slider looked good for me it was the fastball for Blake Snell that actually posed a lot of problems the off-speed stuff the curveball the slider looked pretty good for Blake Snell it was his fastball that was giving him issues wasn't really trying to find and couldn't really find command for his fastball okay and this is the biggest question what kind of Blake Snell are we going to see this year for the San Diego Padres because unlike last year where pitching depth was a problem this year pitching depth is a problem but in a good way the Padres have too much of it so it seems like Blake Snell is going to have a shorter leash in terms of if his production is not going to be there for the San Diego Padres on the flip side the Phillies got off to a hot start JT Real Muto single to center field in the first inning Reese Hoskins scored Nick Castellanos to third but the story of the night everybody was the San Diego Padres offense or if I should say lack thereof the team combined for four hits today that's it brought to you by 
Cronenworth, Kim Machado, each with singles, and Cronenworth had the double, and Jerkson Profar with the single. So three out of the four Padres hits were singles. One of them was a double by Jake Cronenworth. The Padres had only one extra base hit today, and a part of that was because of the poor at-bats, but it was because of Zach Wheeler, who mixed in his changeup, his slider, his fastball. Zach Wheeler was painting everywhere and anywhere tonight for the San Diego, excuse me, the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, guys, so Zach Wheeler just absolutely shoved against the San Diego Padres. We move on to the third inning, okay? And what happens is Reese Hoskins, Blake Snell, what they started to do is they started to attack Blake Snell in that third inning on his first pitches. They already worked up his pitch count, and they knew that Blake Snell was trying to go through four, five innings, so they knew that Blake Snell would start attacking the zone more. The Philadelphia Phillies hitters knew that. Reese Hoskins jumped on Blake Snell first pitch fastball and took him deep. Maybe it was a first pitch changeup. He took him deep to left field. It was a no-doubter. And then Odubel Herrera double to right in the fourth and Kyle Schwarber scored that was really it this was a pretty uneventful game the Padres just could not freaking put any good at bats together in the ninth inning Corey Kniebel literally had a three pitch save unbelievable it seemed as if the Padres hitters just wanted to go back to the hotel and get ready for the big rubber match tomorrow again welcome to the post game show everybody I'm your host Borna AK Hockey we're briefly giving you guys a quick recap on the San Diego Padres Philadelphia Phillies post game show a pretty tough loss a pretty 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 tough loss for the San Diego Padres but here's the situation it's just one game and it's kind of like a cliche that I use about myself but it's really just one game today, guys, okay? They have a chance. They took two out of three from Atlanta. They have a chance to take two out of three from who? The Phillies. It's you, Darvish, Kyle Gibson tomorrow. The edge goes to the Padres in the starting pitching department. Here we go now. You know, it's just one game. Nevertheless, we got to talk about Nick Martinez who came into relief. Nick Martinez comes into relief, okay? And he goes four innings, two hits, six strikeouts, 50 pitches, guys. So think about this. It took Blake Snell 84 pitches to get through three and two-thirds. It took Nick Martinez 50 pitches to get through four innings. Talk about efficiency. In addition to that, 37 of Martinez's 50 pitches were for strikes. That's 74%. He was mixing that changeup, the curveball, the fastball. That is the Nick Martinez that the Padres paid and it's just absolutely insane. But this is a kind of game where if you want me to scream in the camera for your entertainment, if you want me to freaking just cry and jump so I can get more views and, and get you guys enjoy it more, I'm not going to do that. Because you can't really get so mad about this game. I mean, Zach Wheeler just absolutely shoved. And all you can do is tip your goddamn cap. We're going to get into Juan Soto. We're going to get into those rumors later in the stream. But welcome to the San Diego Padres Hogwatch postgame show. I'm your host, Borna A.K. Hog, giving you guys the quick game recap between the San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. Wake up, have your bagels and cream cheese. We got some early Padres baseball tomorrow on the West Coast at 10, 10 a.m. You Darvish, Kyle Gibson for the big series. And then we go to Oracle Park and have a big one against the San Francisco Giants. Let's get right into it, everybody. Your top hogs and hog washes of the night. Are we ready for it? You guys ready for it? Your top hog, okay, is Nick Martinez. Nights like these are very important to understand that not only Nick Martinez's performance validated him a top hog award, but what it also was able to do was that because Nick Martinez wasn't shaky at all with just the sixth inning, he preserves the bullpen. 
The idea of Ryan Christensen was to have Blake Snell only throw 75 pitches, but he had 80 through three and two thirds. And the goal was to be able to get Snell through four. So then you can have Martinez go five to eight. Unfortunately for Blake Snell, he had just walked a batter and that had to cause Craig Stammen to come in for just a third of an inning. You hate to warm up Craig. He only threw six pitches, four of them being strikes, but you hate to warm him up in that way. And I would give Blake Snell the hogwash award of the night, but it's not validated due to the fact that it was his first start in a long time coming back to the big leagues. It's not like he allowed seven runs. He was terribly inefficient. He couldn't throw strikes, but he gave the Padres a chance. I mean, guys, Padres starting pitching tonight between Nick Martinez and Blake Snell, they combined for 11 strikeouts. 11 strikeouts, and they only allowed three runs. So if you look at the Padres starting pitching, that's nine, eight innings pitched, 300 runs. That's a quality team start. You cannot give the hogwash to Padres starting pitching. You cannot give it to Blake Snell. What you can do is you can give the hogwash award to Jorge Alfaro and the entire San Diego Padres offense. In my opinion, it goes to Jorge Alfaro just because Alfaro's quality of his at-bats were absolutely abysmal tonight. They were atrocious. He was swinging at things in the dirt. He does not look comfortable at the play. I know he hit that grand walk-off against the Miami Marlins, but it just doesn't look comfortable for Alfaro at the plate right now. I mean, Austin Nola has a worse batting average than Jorge Alfaro, but it looks like Alfaro's, excuse me, Nola's more comfortable at the plate. I mean, Jorge Alfaro's quality of his at-bats, but it's Grisham, Alfaro, Myers, Voigt. Everybody was hogwash from an offensive standpoint, but everybody, what's the saying? That I made fun of all y'all last year, but you guys have to now apply to me. Hawk, it's just one game. Let's not get a grander scheme of where we're at right now. The Padres are 23 and 14. They're nine games above 500. They're in the thick of it in the National League wild card race. And here are your updated top hog hogwash standings. No big changes, no changes at all to be quite exact in your top eight. Nick Martinez got his top hog award, brings him back to a hot top hog award of one in aggregate score. And Jorge Alfaro back to zero with his one top hog after the Marlins walk-off and his first hog wash after his abysmal at-bats and plate appearances today. So there is your updated top hog hogwash standings. The San Diego Padres lose to the Philadelphia Phillies 3-0. They get shut out and they will face Kyle Gibson tomorrow for the rubber match as this can be a big swing in who determines the series outcome winner. Thank you guys. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Let's get to 4,000 subscribers. If you guys want to do a Nabil Krizmat giveaway, let's get to 4,000 subscribers for the jersey before June 10th. If you haven't, follow me on Instagram at the Hog Watch. We have a great graphics team who lets you know when we go live after every single Padres game. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been your boy Hog. Peace. All right, everybody. So... Welcome to the post-game show, everybody. That was just my quick little post-game recap. I hope everyone's doing well. Chat, where's everybody tuning in from? We got a lot to discuss on this Padres game. You know, a tough loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. It is what it is, Fire Faithful. It is what it is. The beauty of baseball is you come back and you get to go play some more baseball tomorrow. The Padres just weren't at their best today. And to be quite frank with you, Zach Wheeler was unfrickin' believable. JD says, again, the Potters are 2-4 and four against teams above 500 and have only played six games against winning teams. Red flag. Uh, JD, here's something that I'll tell you. The Padres are 23-14. and 14. They have one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball. The key to the Padres' success this year is not going to be scoring runs. It's going to be playing defense, and it's going to be playing with amazing starting pitching. That's the key to the Padres' success this year. So, sure, you know, you can be frustrated from that standpoint, but it's totally okay. 
Hog Tatis says, Hogwatch, can I support you by buying you a San Diego Padres hat or something? I'm totally okay, man. Um, shout out to Friars Till We Die. They sent me a San Diego Padres flag. Let me see if I can actually show you guys that right now. I don't have the adhesives to hang it yet. It's going to be about a week. But let me see if I can uh, show you guys this flag. Friars Till We Die, a very popular uh, clothing brand in the Friars community. They sent me this awesome flag. This awesome flag that kind of says fr fight, fighting Friars. I'm going to put right under this flag. So... I appreciate it. Shout out Friars Till We Die. Go check them out on Twitter. Maybe a collab, merch collab with them in the future. Shout out to them. Oh, man. How's it going, everybody, though? Where's everybody tuning in from, man? This was, you know, one of those games where it, it was pretty frustrating. We're going to hear from Padres bench coach and interim manager Ryan Christensen on the loss. I want to get to a few guys in the lineup. Jake Cornworth had the nice double. But, man, it just doesn't seem like they were locked in offensively tonight. I want to talk about Blake Snell. Chat, what were your guys' thoughts on Blake Snell? What, what were your guys' thoughts on Blake Snell today? Um, You know... Did you guys get the vibes of Blake Snell just 2021 first half Blake Snell? Like, you kind of just got those vibes, right? That he just wasn't good. Like, he was wild. He's rusty. And here's my point. Blake Snell would be the first one to tell you this, everybody. Blake Snell would be the first one to tell you this. He gets better. He gets better throughout the season. But Friar Faithful, at what point, if Blake Snell's your seventh best starter, and again, it's way too early to be saying that. I'm not going to be making that assumption. But the fun part of this YouTube channel and this show is that I can speculate all I want and nobody tell me, nobody can tell me I can't. So here's my question. If he continues to struggle... He is the perfect trade piece for the San Diego Potters at this trade deadline. You can get a big time bat for Blake Snell. And even if, you know, even if you 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 trade him at 80 cents to a dollar because of his struggles, there's going to be a team that wants to get him because of how good he was at the second half of last year. I mean, take a look at Blake Snell. Even after this year, the dude has two more years of team control, and those numbers for a starting pitcher of a high caliber of Blake Snell are pretty favorable. Two years, $28.5 million owed to Blake Snell, who's in his prime supposedly right now. I mean, guys, that can be a hypothetical situation where the Padres could look to explore seeing what they could get for Blake Snell in early July if that means they can get a big-time power bat. Because if the Padres are going to have great starting pitching, they just need six starters, number one. And number two, the key to this Padre team being successful, everybody, is not is not going to be scoring 11 runs and allowing six. It's going to be allowing two runs, playing great defense, and hopefully just scoring three, okay? So any offensive help they can get, getting a big-time bat for Blake Snell would be absolutely massive and can pay off this season because this rotation, guys, isn't going to be as good next year. Sean Manaya will not come back. Mike Clevenger will not come back. You would hope Joe Musgrove would come back. And if you trade Blake Snell, you're going to lose three important parts of that rotation and would hope Michelle Baez and Morahone can be good. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Preller decides to do at this trade deadline.
It's going to be very interesting to see. But guys, rate Blake Snell's performance today on a letter scale. You're the teacher. You're dishing out the report card. How would you rate Blake Snell's performance today? I I, 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 I did not even tweet, guys. I didn't even tweet that I'm live on the post-game show. So, I, I mean, I, I didn't even tweet about it on my Twitter. So, it looks like Hog has some work to do right now. And F says JD. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not going to any games as Snell is pitching. Oh, that's harsh. Y'all are not loving Blake Snell right now, huh? Y'all are not loving Blake Snell right now. Come on, guys. D minus, B, D, C minus, D, B plus, give them to us. I really love Snell, so forget y'all. Listen, I would hope that Blake Snell becomes a huge asset for the San Diego Padres. We have to remember, guys, we have to remember something. Do you guys remember how amazing Blake Snell was at the last month and a half of last year? He was absolutely unhittable. But he would also tell you, that it takes him a while to get to that stage. And right now, okay, right now, the Padres cannot afford to wait. They simply just cannot afford to wait. His fastball command, guys, it looked really, really bad. I want to see if we're going to hear from Ryan Christensen as well on the San Diego Padres Hogwatch postgame show. And Nick Martinez, I mean, why wouldn't that guy start right now? I mean, he set the goddamn tone. Let's hear, though, from Ryan Christensen after the Padres lose to the Philadelphia Phillies 3-0. to Good stuff. A um, little scattered around the zone. Uh, three walks, I think is what it ended up being. A couple of them scored. But uh, you know, I thought he had good stuff. For this being a season debut, what were you hoping for and how can he build on this? Well, we wanted to see him just get his pitch count up. I think 80 pitches is what he ended up throwing. He threw too many pitches. uh, You know, the last outing they had there in El Paso, he was filling up the zone uh, really well. So I think I just would like to see him have a little more control, a little more command next time out. And he's going to be great because the stuff was there. Martinez well, guys, we've strike. been hearing that all along with the Blake Snell experiment in San Diego. Even when he was going last year, I mean, he was allowing three runs in five innings. It could have been a lot worse. The command just was never there. When Blake Snell's going, he's pounding the strike zone. He's efficient. And you just would hope that that efficiency comes back because that's where Blake Snell is really goddamn Excellent great. Long. How, what did he show you tonight? Again, he's good when he attacks the zone. I think he uh, he's had like 50 pitches, 37, 38 strikes or something like that. So when he's doing that, he's really good. Um, he's working in his breaking ball right now effectively to, to get a little separation. And um, he threw the ball exceptionally well too tonight. What was the challenge for the offense tonight, especially with Wheeler? Well, Wheeler had good stuff. He was uh, locating his fastball. The cutter's a tough pitch there, too. By the way, guys, if you don't know, Zach Wheeler was literally one of the best pitchers in the entire National League last year. He struggled a bit to start the year, but of course the Padres fixed him, and this was his best start of the year. You're listening to Ryan Christensen on the Padres Hogwatch postgame show. 
It's a nice flat run across the zone with the two seam also. Um, again, just attacking hitters, filling up the zone with strikes early, and uh, he was tough tonight. I know he was doing that, but very uncharacteristic in terms of the quick at bats. Was that the game plan tonight was against the game him? Plan, yeah, because we knew he was going to come out throwing strikes. We were going to attack him early. Two kind of games into this where you've had Gore and Martinez mm -hmm. both pitch really well and really. What do you kind of credit that to? Is it kind of just their mindset and their mentality, the way they've handled it? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's just the competitive nature, I think. I mean, these guys were part of the rotation. We got a couple guys healthy and coming back, and they want to, again, like we were talking about earlier, they want to stay here. They want to be a contributing force. Um, they're competing to, to be back in the rotation if something happens. They want to stay sharp. They want to stay fresh. And uh, Nick actually showed a lot tonight coming out of the bullpen, just like McKenzie did last night. What did you make of uh, Kim's play going from second to third there? Should he stay there, or is that just kind of a tough uh, I think with uh, just not – didn't look like he was thinking three right – Guys, I just really freaking hope that Blake Snell turns it around. But, you know, what would you guys say about the offense? Because I can spend a lot of time on this stream complaining about the Padres' offense today, but the Padres' offense has been pretty good. It's been pretty good the last – few weeks or so Machado and Hosmer are slowing down but they're getting an uptick from Will Myers Trent Grisham is just awful we got about 75 of y'all in here make sure you guys hit the like button on the stream we're listening to Ryan Christensen on the San Diego Padres Hogwatch postgame show we're gonna get into this offense after we hear from the interim manager man we need Bo Mel back I missed the goddamn skipper, Bob Melvin. But, hey, the Padres have been holding uh, the fort uh, pretty well. With, uh, just not didn't look like he was thinking three right off the bat. He was kind of thought he was just going to end up at second and maybe got a little late break to third. Um, I mean, hindsight, maybe you'd like to see him uh, stay there. But, you know, we've been running their bases aggressively, and Rumi, too, made a, a nice throw to the third baseman there to get him out. What does the, what these two guys have done in relief the last two nights, what does that mean going forward? Um, as far as what, like roles? Yes. Well, I mean, the roles aren't going to change right now. We're going to stick with the guys that are that are in the rotation. So, again, they're just weapons down there. I mean, if we can do a piggyback situation with these guys and uh, and extend some innings out with them and give the bullpen relief with these guys coming in able to throw, you know, quality three, four inning stints after the starter, it's uh, it's actually a pretty nice luxury we have. So a five-man rotation would mean Clev on Sunday? Uh, that's to be determined. So they don't know yet. Who else might it be? McKenzie. McKenzie, Nick. I mean, it could be anybody, but right now it's it's yet to be determined. AC coming with the hot questions. We'll see who goes on Sunday. Again, the Padres lose 3-0. Too many pitches from Blake Snell, number one. Um, that's the first thing. Number two, thoughts on this offense, chat? Is this something that we overreact to? I don't think so. Um, the offense has been a weak part of the San Diego Padres all year. I want to talk about some specific Padres, man. Listen, I'm, I've am i been trying to find ways to defend him, but I can't sugarcoat it. It's been such a disappointing season for Trent Grisham. It's just been so disappointing to watch Trent Grisham play baseball this year. Um, you know, the quality of his at-bats, I, I have no adjective. It's, it's just been so disappointing watching Trent Grisham play this year. Um and especially when Padres face good starters. The Padres have gotten lucky too, guys. They didn't have face Acuna in the Brave series. They didn't face Harper. Um, they did not face Harper uh, in this series. They've been avoiding pretty good starting pitchers, and when they face good starting pitching is when they lose baseball games. But what they have been doing, in contrary to years past, is beating bad teams. 
But man, Trent Grisham has really just had an awful year. Um, uh, 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 an unforgettable year um, for Trent Grisham. Jorge Alfaro, people are going to be like, hey, ha, he's hitting 250. What are you talking about? I don't think you're watching the games then if you're looking at Alfaro and you think he's looking good at the plate hitting 250. Jorge Alfaro, I mean, looked, oh my God, lost at the plate tonight. He's looked lost at the plate, in my opinion, all season long. He shows no plate discipline. He's guessing on a lot of pitches. This whole offense, guys, AJ Preller needs to get a bat. And if I were, if this, you know, if Fernando Tatis Jr. wasn't coming back, I'd say Preller would need four bats. But I think if you have Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back and you have this good of a starting rotation, I think AJ Preller just needs to go ahead and get one more really good bat and combo that bat with Fernando Tatis Jr. Compounded with the fact that this team has great starting pitching, I think they can win a lot of baseball games. But this umpire was also really bad. I would say both ways. Um, but but guys, let's be real. Luke Voigt, was it fool's gold? Luke Voigt's two home run game against the Chicago Cubs, everybody. Was that fool's gold? I want to ask you that. Because Luke Voigt comes off the IL. He has that two home run game against the Cubs. And I think we all start to say, oh my God, Luke Voigt is back. He's disciplined again. But again, we're in Philadelphia and Luke Voigt's trying to hit a ball in Pittsburgh. He's, again, swinging out of his shoes. He doesn't look the same. I will talk about Juan Soto at the end of the stream. Calm your horses. We're talking about this game at first. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To all my listeners, to all my listeners on the podcast forum, thank you so much for listening. And if you are new to the Hogwatch, everybody, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We are 250 subscribers away on the dot of hitting 4,000 subscribers. So we have 22 days to go, Four, 22 days to go, 250 subscribers to hit. That's a little over 10 subs a day. Can we do it? It's up to you guys to spread the word of the hog watch to give away that Nabil Krizmat jersey. But Void's been awful all year. Grisham's been awful all year. And I hate to say it, Jake Cronenworth's been awful all year. I know we had the double tonight, but he's also had pretty piss poor, you know, not good quality at bats, okay? That was Jake's corner worst first extra base hit in a long time today. In a long time. So it's just getting, you know, it's starting to get to the point where it's like, how much longer do you think that this Padres offense is going to come together? I know everyone's been in love with Hansa and Kim this year and its highest WRC plus in the, in the National League out of all shortstops. But guys, Kim's also hitting 218. You know, Hosmer's coming back down to earth finally. So at what point... Are you guys going to say, holy shit, this starting pitching can be so good, but when this offense is this bad, it's scary. You know what's been so crazy to everybody? This Padre team is 23-14. and 14. They're nine games above 500. they They've been scoring a lot of runs at the heels of Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer. The biggest concern for me is when Hosmer and Machado come back down to earth, which they have been the last few days, is if this offense is going to be able to pick up for them. Cronenworth has shown that he won't. Kim has shown that he can at some days, but for the large part, not really, guys. Luke Voigt has shown that he definitely can't. Jerickson Profar hasn't hit a home run since my 10th birthday. I know Profar has had five home runs on the year, but man, do you guys remember Jerickson's last home run? I mean, it feels like all five of his home runs were in the first two weeks of the season. Jorge Alfaro does not look comfortable with the plate. Austin Nola cannot elevate a ball or hit for power. Trent Grisham, don't get me started on that, has had an abysmal year. Okay. By the way, everybody, it's halftime of the Western Conference Finals, Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Everybody, 
It should be your number one source for all betting needs. I put the link in the goddamn description. Go check them out. Make a little parlay. Should I parlay? Should I throw on the Padres winning the series tomorrow? Again, we got Darvish. We got Kyle Gibson. The Padres are slight underdogs at plus 120, which means if you throw $10 on the Padres to win, you can win $12. So go to betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. Will Myers is the only guy that gives you optimism, and he was 0 for 3 tonight. Let's be real, everybody. This Padres outfield from an offensive standpoint is bad. This Padres offense, let's be real, everybody, is just bad. It's just, They're just not that good, especially when they have to face good starting pitching. And as, and, and as Bud Light says, I think, that's just the cold, hard facts. That's just the cold, hard facts. But the reason I'm not complaining about it and the reason that it's not a bigger note of my streams is because the Padres are, 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 are winning games. They're winning games. And I can't get too mad about it if the Padres are winning games right now. So does anybody have any questions, chat? I'll open up the Discord as well. Make sure you guys go ahead and join the Padres Hogwatch Discord. I'll, I'll go put the link to the Discord in the stream. Follow me on Instagram again at the Hogwatch. Go ahead and check us out on the IG. Also, go ahead and check us out on Twitter at the Hogwatch. Go ahead and check me out on Twitter at the Hogwatch. And here's the Padres Discord, everybody. Um... Yeah, it was just it was, oops. It was just kind of one of those nights, you know. It, it it was just one of those nights in the in, in the chat. People weren't too crazy about it. I love it when the Padres win. Everyone's so excited, and when they're down, they're like, "Fuck this team!" But guys, these are the grinds of the season. You're not gonna win 162 baseball games. You just have to enjoy the wins. JD says, "So guys, join the Discord. I'll put myself in the voice channel if anyone wants to come in and ask Hog a question." Now JD says, "Hog, they're playing. They are playing winning teams a lot. Will be revealed." Um, about this 23-14 and 14 record. I mean, so far they beat the Braves 2 out of 3. They've won the season series against the defending world champion, Atlanta Braves. So that's one thing. Don't conform, Hog. What, what do you mean? I, I'm 100% I'm keeping the faith, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Offense for defense? I don't know. Morshu, what's up, man? You got a question? Welcome to the show. Yo, what up, Hog? Thanks for having me on, man. Um, I know you said you'd talk about it later on, but let's talk about Soto because I really think that, you know, um, trading him is probably best for the Nationals. I, I really think that's something that could happen. I just don't know if the Padres can pull it off. So give me your two thoughts. Sure, sure. Yeah, we, we can do it. I guess before I get into that, this game today, we'll just throw it away, huh? It's kind of a dud. It's just one of those games where it's just a slugfest. Don't, don't you agree about today? You just can't get too mad about it. Wheeler was just amazing, and it's just one of those games, you know? You're happy. You're happy. You got the win yeah. today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games where it's, you know, Wheeler was just absolutely dealing her offenses. Well, just just wasn't hot. Um, Hosmer and Machado are just coming back down to earth, and you know these are games that you know are just going to happen. We have to accept them. Absolutely. Um, I'd rather have an O three loss than a loss where we lose, you know, eight to seven, where we blow it in the eighth, like we did with the Braves. So uh, I one hundred percent, I one hundred percent agree. And guys, if you want to join the Discord like Morshu and ask hot questions, go ahead and join the Discord link pinned on top of the chat. Subscribe to the channel. So Juan Soto, man, we saw those reports today from Buster only. You know, talking about how the Nationals and Juan Soto, they've just been dealing with some issues from his contract. Um, you know, the, the Washington Nationals have the second worst record in all of baseball. Rival executives are saying that Juan Soto might be traded this summer. 
And there's a multitude of reasons. You know, the Washington Nationals haven't been inclined to pay Juan Soto the kind of money that he believes he's wanted. Buster Only's report says that the Nats may be, quote, compelled and motivated to move Juan Soto this season in his most recent report with ESPN. A caveat of that report also showed that Juan Soto's two biggest suitors would be the Toronto Blue Jays and, of course, the uber-aggressive San Diego Padres. So what does that mean? Um, from a controllable standpoint, Juan Soto is through team control through 2024. So if you're trading for Soto, you'd get him for two and a half years before he's extension eligible. Apparently, Juan Soto declined a $500 million extension, making him would be by far the highest paid player in Major League history. That should make you guys feel appreciative of Fernando Tatis Jr.'s contract. But in terms of the Padres, people say, Hog, would you give up the farm? The biggest question more so I want to ask you is this. Would you give up the farm right now for Juan Soto to get him for two and a half years with no guarantee that he'd extend? I ask you that. I think we have to go a little farther into the season to, to see that. Like when we have Tatis back, um, it, it might change my opinion. But one thing that I'm hearing, and I think it's going to be crazy if the Nationals don't take advantage of this, is to also throw in Strasburg's disgusting contract that they have, which is like 35 mil a year for the next like four years or something like that. So I think that the Nationals might take a small prospect cut in order to deal that Strasburg contract. So if we're looking at that from if the Padres were to get that, um, that would just, we would obviously, even without the Strasburg contract, and we were going to extend Juan Soto, we would most likely be going above um, the the tax threshold. Oh, mo- mo- not most likely, Certain, certainly, certainly, yeah. Yeah, and, and with that Strasburg extension, we're going to be way, way over. Um, and, you know, we have Musgrove coming off the books next year, which 99% of us want Musgrove back. He's a San Diego legend. Everyone wants him. Um, and, you know, we, we have we have roles to fill. And if um, Siler and... Um, and ownership really do want to stay near, slightly above, slightly below that tax threshold. I, I, I don't see us trading for Juan Soto because that that Pat, the um, uh, Strasburg contract is going to be a part of that. But going back to your original question, um, would I give up the farm? Yes, I. W- I would. I'll I mean, answer. Juan it. Soto. Is in- <laughs> I'd give yeah, up. I mean, the Juan farm. Soto is a generational. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I. I would. Yeah. I would give up the farm for. Juan Soto, even if it's just for two and a half years, call me crazy. I'd give him Gore. I'd give him Hassel. I'd yep. give him everybody. Mm-hmm. Guys, the goal of this, yep. like the, the whole reason I started this streaming, these channels, everything is just to push to be an entertainer, but it's to have therapy sessions so this team can goddamn win a World Series. Would you guys, I want to ask you this chat, would you give up Gore, Hassel, Abrams? Okay, let's, let, 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 okay how about this? How about this? Let's do. Abrams, yeah, screw it. Gore, Hassel, Abrams, and Campy for, for Juan Soto for two and a half years. Would you absolutely. do it? Would you do it? No question. You'd absolutely no question. do it. No You'd absolutely, absolutely do it. Yeah. Because, guys, <laughs> you, I mean, listen, now you have it. You have a you have two of the best three players in baseball. I know you guys would say no, but what is your obsession with 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 being in love with your prospects? We can, we've shown that we cannot develop anybody. Juan Soto's a proven Hall of Famer. And he's like 23 years old. There's no doubt that we would do it. Guys, the goal of these shows, the goal of all of our discussions, the goal of our speculation videos, 
The goal of this organization and the goal of any baseball team is to not fall in love with your young players and like, yay, I love this guy. He's hitting 290 in AAA. No, the goal is to be winning in the fucking World Series. And it's something that this organization hasn't been able to do since their creation. I would 100% do it for Juan Soto. Heck, I'd even consider if it was for a year and a half of Juan Soto. The fact that you would have him for that long, you have to pull the trigger on this, everybody. And, and, and the Padres have a very, very attractive package to offer. And, you know, they, they necessarily don't have that farm-level depth that they had five years ago, but that top four that they can offer to the Nationals, that would be a really, really tough, really, really, really tough offer for Mike Rizzo to exist. Didn't the Dodgers give up their farm for Scherzer? They gave up their number one prospect. They didn't give up the farm farm, though. And it also, remember, it wasn't just for Scherzer. It was for Trey Turner, too who they're going to extend and give him $300 million. The reason they were able to say no to Corey Seager and the huge sum of money that they wanted is so that they could extend Trey Turner, which they're going to do this summer. So, I mean, the Dodgers didn't just get Scherzer, they got Turner. So this would just be for Juan Soto, a guy who's 24 years old, I think, and he's just... Yes, guys, this is unbelievable. The reason we shouldn't spend too much time on it is because I don't know, know if it's going to happen... Um, but you know, you just make the trade now and, and you figure out what happens from an extension standpoint when you cross that bridge, you know, what if he loves his time in San Diego and think about it from a national standpoint, you may ask, why would the nationals want to trade somebody like this? First of all, the nationals notoriously don't like to pay position players. That's the first thing. Second of all, they got their world series and I'm not going to say like teams are, you know, they win one world series and they're like, okay. You know, we're good for like 15 years. It's not usually how it works, but it's kind of a feeling, especially when you're not a New York Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. The Nationals won that World Series on a magical year. They weren't expected to win a World Series for a long time, and they got it. It makes them feel a little more validated in getting rid of Wong Soto and, 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 and having to not, you know, pay half a billion dollars to do so. And you guys may ask, why would Juan Soto reject a contract like that? Look at where inflation's going. Look at where kind of the value of the U.S. dollars going, everybody. Um, $500 million isn't what $500 million was a year ago. It wasn't what it was two years ago. So that's why that Fernando Tatis Jr. extension, he probably rejects that definitely if it was offered right now in the peak of hyperinflation, right? That's a financial thing from understanding that extension. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what it is, but if, I mean, if Juan Soto was a Padre, I, I'd I'd give him literally our I'd give him I'd give him every employee and every freaking prospect in this organization. Um, I mean, imagine Morshu, imagine Soto, Machado, and Tatis as your top three. That's stupid. That's- it's 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 yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. I don't think people understand. Like, I, in my opinion, I think that Juan Soto is is better than Tatis. Um, I hate to admit no, it. No question in my I hate, mind. I hate I, to admit it, but. But everybody, Juan Soto is the better baseball player over Fernando Tatis Jr. And I'm going to get yes, slandered it, for saying all, it. Like, all, like, all, all around. Is, it, it, it's not really close. He I is mean, such it, a it, pure hitter. He's it, just a, yeah. And you know what? He stays healthy. And that's a thing when you have to evaluate talent. Mm-hmm. He stays healthy. Fernando does it. Let's be real. Yep. Yep. Um, you know? Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he plays a, an okay defense. I mean, it's nothing to worry about. But just the... The amount of walks that he gets, his home runs, his hits, everything about him. If you just look at him, if you were to get any person that doesn't know baseball, 
and you were to show them the Nationals lineup and say, who's the best player, they're obviously just going to say Juan Soto. He is the, and again, my opinion, I think he is the best player in, in Major League Baseball. Better than Trout, better than Otani. He is the best player in baseball, and he's shown that. Yeah, and, 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 he, and he does so with a confidence, okay? So, again, guys, to recap, would I trade the farm for Juan Soto? I'll give you Mackenzie Gore. Oh, well, actually, real quick, would I trade the farm for Juan Soto? For two and a half years of Juan Soto, I'll give you Gore, I'll give you Abrams, I'll give you Hassel, I'll give you Campisano, I'll give you Jackson Merrill, I'll give you Zavala, I'll give you 300 private islands, I'll give you whatever you want, Mike Rizzo. If you're going to make this kid available, if you're going to make this kid available, I will give you two arms, eight kidneys, my entire top five prospects to have his services for two and a half years. Because if you trade for Juan Soto, you just 10 plus percent increase your chance of winning a World Series. And even if this team becomes shit again for the next 10 years, if they get one World Series from Juan Soto, Morshu, it was all worth it. It it's, all, it's all worth it because all it's not it. like yep. it's not like we're the Dodgers where we're going to be our, our our windows of contention are going to be throughout our whole lives right guys these are the moments where you cannot take for granted with this Padre team we are in our contention window I may be doing these streams in 2025 when there's only 40 of y'all in here because only 40 of y'all give a fuck when we're 60 win baseball team you know so let's just remember that these are the times where you have to go for it. You have to go for it. We have an all-time rotation, Morshu. An all-time starting rotation. Mm -hmm. It's so damn good that they have to piggyback two out of the five starts. It's so damn good. And it's so damn good that the, NF, yeah, that the we, AL Cy Young Award winner from less than three years ago could be our worst fucking starter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and we we got to drop this mentality that we've had for the past 10 years where we have to prospect court. You know, it was Mejia. Mejia's the guy. No, Margot. Margot, Franchi, Cordero, uh, Perella. All, all these different prospects that we can name up over the past 10 years that are going to be the next uh, Kershaw, whoever it is. Yeah, they, they've shown some upside. But it's we're talking about Juan Soto. <laughs> we're talking about a generational talent, and we have to pull the trigger on that, even if it requires our top four prospects. And One of them might turn out to be the next Juan Soto, but you know what? They might not. No, and no, it goes to show no, no, that no, no, most likely they're not they going won't. to be. They won't. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and guys, mm -hmm. and, and you know you know what makes it easier? You know what makes it easier to, to do this? We have a terrible track record of development. So you guys love our top four prospects, but odds show from San Diego Padres luck that it usually doesn't pan out. It usually doesn't pan out. I mean, now look what Luis Urias is doing in Milwaukee. He's hitting 300. But I thought he sucked, right? So we have a lot of guys who we develop and who have success in the minors, but for some reason we can never have them come around. And this is why you need to cash in. And I completely understand people not wanting to trade Cronenworth or big prospects for Brian Reynolds. But even when you talk about Brian Reynolds, Juan Soto is just in a whole stratosphere of that own. Guys, this this is the equivalent, guys, of like, for some reason, the Milwaukee Bucks are making Giannis and Tedekumbo available when he was like 25 years old, two and a half years before his free agency. Like, it, it just makes no sense why they would do it, you know? So like, it's the equivalent of, of, it's equivalent of OKC trading Kevin Durant. It's the equivalent of young LeBron getting traded by the Cavs. You know, it's the equivalent of the Chargers, for some reason, wanting to trade Justin Herbert. 
Peyton Manning getting. This shit doesn't happen, guys. These guys don't become available. And if Juan Soto's not liking it in Washington, you have to find a way. Because Washington knows, guys, at this point, think about it. They know at this point if they're going to extend Juan Soto or not. They know if he's going to get paid $500 million. What they also do know is that if Juan Soto had five years left, they may be like, you know what? We have more time to appease him. We can become a better team. But they know that they usually cannot turn the fortunes of their franchise if they're one of the worst teams in baseball in less than two years. So now Washington's saying, holy shit, we're not going to pay him. We're not going to be better in two years. We need to get as much as we can. Become a contender again faster so our fans don't kill us. And the only way to do so is what, Morshu? Sign Juan Soto, and imagine the hype in the city. Um, Imagine all the the banners, Juan Soto, Tatis, Machado, just on on Peco. Guys, guys, I think I'd be able to quit my job because my YouTube would go insane. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a match made in heaven. Um, It really is, and if if that's if it's going to require top four, five guys, then. Ooh, we we got to do it. And if there's anybody we who would do, do it, it, it's Preller. If there's anybody who would do it, it's Preller. Too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, guys, th- this is it. You know, th- 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 this is it. Here we go. Um, we'll see how these reports come unfold. But you guys also have to remember this. These just don't, you know, these reports don't just come out because Buster only is like, you know what? Let me write something about Juan Soto. He's being told by some executives, by some people, yo, Buster, bring this out. You know? So there's there's substance to this story. There is substance to this story. Um, what would you say the chances are, Morshu, percentage-wise, that Soto gets moved uh, at, at the deadline? 70%. Seventy percent, unless the Nationals offer him some absolutely, like in, I mean, five hundred million dollars. We're talking half a billion dollars. Man, turned down. You gotta have some serious balls to do that. But um, I'm. It's it's gotta be even higher than seventy percent. I mean, if the Nationals just keep on tanking, I, I, yeah, it's it's like a ninety percent chance that uh, that he gets traded. And you know what? If the Padres don't. Someone else will, and I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Giants wanted to make that push, if the Brewers or the, the, even the, if the, the Dodgers. The Giants don't have the farm. That's the great thing. There's not many teams that have the farm to do this, man. That that's true, but I mean, I mean, the, look at the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have the farm. They have the payroll. If it's not us, it's them. We got to think of it that way. That if it's not us, oh, we're we're the ones that are gonna get Scherzer. It's going to be us. We're going to, oh, what's this report? Oh, the Do- the Dodgers got him out of left field. And again, it, it could be the same thing with Juan Soto. The Dodgers could pick him up, and we're going to be screwed for another <laughs> 10, 15 years. So we have to be aggressive, and we have to pull the pull the trigger if, if, it, if it comes our way. So probably make it happen. I know you're listening. So Padres fans, I, I didn't see everyone's reactions again. Welcome to the stream again. If you have now, we have almost a hundred people in here. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on the stream. Would you guys give up the Padres top four prospects? Okay. Mackenzie Gore, Hassel, knowing how good Gore is going to be. Hassel. Okay. Campisano and CJ Abrams for Juan Soto. Because right now, I mean, there's still a big question mark on CJ, right? 
There's a massive question mark on Campy. Oh. Hassel's an unknown. And Gore, honestly, now, as of today, I could be wrong, Gore looks like the best one, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, Gore is huge value. Gore, huge Gore, value. Guys, That's guys, what I was looking on Twitter. A lot of people were saying, Gore, we don't want to trade Gore, but it's like, we're gonna have to. There, there's no doubt about it. If we're if we're gonna get one soda, we have to trade him. And, and and you know what, guys? Gore has massive value, way more than he did two months ago, because now they're saying, "Holy shit, this kid's gonna be good." They're saying he has a t- under two ERA and he literally cannot even throw strikes at times. People are saying that's tough. I'm really hesitant to trade Gore. Then I, I don't really know what to tell you guys at this point. This shouldn't be something to think about, guys. This shouldn't be something to even think about. Not Gore, but everyone else's free game. Then you know what Mike Rizzo's going to do? Should I bring out the middle finger conveyor belt? (laughs) Come on, guys. Come on, guys. This is the biggest problem with some Padres fans. And I love everyone who watches me. And I love everyone that we support and talk to. But we have an emotional emotional attachment to our players, right? You see how that that kind of screwed us with Jake Cornelworth. Everyone had an emotional attachment to him. AJ Poehler's a businessman, Okay. It's not even a. It's not even a. It's not even a debate, in terms of situations like this. Now, if you had a struggling rotation with no pieces, then I would consider not trading Gore. But you have six other guys who can pitch. We're talking about this year too. I mean, if they traded for Soto this year, Morshu, the Padres can definitely win the World Series. Definitely, man. Oh, uh, I mean, even right now, like. I'm not going to say, oh, we have a great chance. We're going to be first in the NL. No, I mean, 100%. Yes, as of now. As of now, of course, yes. But with Juan Soto, that is, you can't get a bigger piece. Like, like you said, stuff like this doesn't come up. Like, this, this doesn't happen. A a caliber of ones, they always get signed. This is something that will never happen again. He will never be up for sale again. Don Kim says, and we we have to give that this trade you're talking happens. I say there's a 50% chance that Soto's dealt uh, at the deadline. I'd say I'd say there's a 50% chance. Yeah, because it's coming to the point now where Washington knows that it, it, it's just it, it just ain't gonna happen um, from from a contractual standpoint. And even if the Padres are screwed in terms of paying him, you guys have to remember this too in terms of money. When Juan Soto's a free agent, Will Myers is gone. Okay, number one. Number two, Eric Hosmer only has one year left. Number three. If they want to extend Joe Musgrove, they can front load his contract now and back load it. So then the Soto extension is back loaded. Yeah. There's ways around this, dude. There are a hundred percent ways around this. What you need to do is you need to just yeah, get and- this freaking guy and then you'll figure it out. You know, Brandon Crawford right now, his wife is recruiting Juan Soto to the Giants right now. That's a bit of a big thing. So this is really real right now. Eric Hosmer could opt out. Yeah, he's not gonna, bro. Um, you're you're now saying Eric Hosmer is going to opt out because he's had one good month, whereas two months ago you're saying he's like the worst contract in baseball. Let, let's calm down, okay? So it's going to be unbelievable to see that this is very extension possible too because Morshu, right now we have a payroll of over 200. In, 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 in three years, it's going to be, you know, under 140, you know? So um, it's interesting. And the CBT goes up like every year, right? And and, and this is the thing, like if 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 management or, or the owners or whatever, whoever it is, really is like stingy, I don't really know if I want to go over the CBT. I don't know if I want to stay under. Juan Soto's your answer to, to go over. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. If you need to spend the money to get this guy to, to re-sign him, 
You're going to do it. Imagine the money that they'd make off having, again, Machado's face, Tatis's face, and, and Soto's face all over San Diego. They'd make insane money. It, it, would, be, it would be a huge hit. Got to do it. You got to go CBT to get this guy or to, to, um, to extend him. Also, the CBT con- continues to go up and a lot of Padres come off the books or close to coming Thank you so much for the donation. Um, Sam McDermott, this just feels like a move Preller will make. Preller was trying to trade for Otani last year, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I, I just sent out a tweet, guys. I just sent out a tweet, may get some scrutiny, but I said, even if it was for 2.5 years, I would 100% give up Gore, Abrams, Archery, and Campy for Soto. This isn't even a discussion for me at this point. We are here to win a World Series. Also, CBT continues to go up, and a lot of Padres come off the books in 2024 for an extension. Like... Guys, come on, guys. Come on. Thank you so much for the $2 holler, Sam. Uh, I heard to get Soto, we'd have to give up Hosmer as well. What do you mean? Well, sure. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, but, 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 you know, you would... Take him. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, the question then becomes this. You know, uh. Does Soto, you know... A lot of these players go to the Dodgers... Is it a situation where, you know, he's just going to be another Dodger? You know, I don't know. It's interesting, but this would be one of, this would be the biggest move in franchise history. Um, Add Jake in that trade too. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. If if Jake allows you to keep Gore, um, 100%. But Padres fans, I ask you this now, who has more value? Jake Cronenworth or Mackenzie Gore? Gore. It's not even Gore. It's not even close right now. You know, who, who has, who has more trade value? You don't think it's close, right? More shoe. Gore is, is worth more than I, I even say right now. Gore is worth more. Ah, maybe not. I would say, I'll go ahead and say it. Gore is worth more than Abrams and Hassel or Abrams and Campy. Gore is shown to be very, very good. Even though when he can't hit his spots, he can he can still produce results. Dakota says Hog is dodging us. Uh, what do you mean, man? What do you mean Hog's dodging us? Uh, I don't really know what you're saying, guys. If you guys want to join the Discord like Morshu, go ahead and join the Padres Discord. I put the link pinned on top of the chat. That's wild. It used to not even be close the other way. If you knew Gore would have 2.2 ERA over the next 10 years, would you trade him? Um... You can't think like that, man. You can't think like that. Uh, if, if, if you knew Sam Bowie would be a bust, would you take him second overall ahead of Michael Jordan in 1984, Russ? I'll ask you that. It's the same flawed logic. I ain't a psych major, but I'm an observer. Badoom. Gore's worth more than Campion Abrams right now. Not not controversial. Not controversial at all. Um, it, 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 it's not controversial at all. We were asking about how is Brandon Crawford's wife is recruiting Soto. Let, let, let's take a look. Let's take a look right now. We can read it together. Brandon Crawford's wife is recruiting star to the Giants. Um, what does she say? Oh, that's all she said. Come to the SF Giants. That's basically it. J- Jillian Crawford responded to this tweet. Mike too low, dude. Speak up or increase the volume. You talking about you talking about me or you talking about Morshue? I, I did lower your volume a little bit. Morsh, you want to talk real quick? 
Yeah, can y'all hear me? Oh, Hello? yeah, yeah. I think you should be good. I, I don't know who I don't know who's saying that. We're asking about how Brandon Crawford's wife. Here it is. She just posted the whole Crawford family appears to be friends with Soto, with Crawford's two sons appearing in a photo. Eh, it doesn't mean shit. Ta you know, Tatis. You know, Freddie Freeman's son loved Tatis. So, um, you saw how that goes. It's a business, guys. It, it, it's a freaking business. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. That's really it for me, guys. Any other questions you guys have? Uh, you have any? You have any final remarks, Morshu? All good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Take care. I'll talk to you. All right, everybody. Well, that's gonna be it for me. I guess we'll talk about this Juan Soto stuff a little bit later, but. I hope everyone has a great rest of your evening. It's probably when I sit back from the mic, yeah. I hope everyone has a great rest of your evening, guys. Give me Juan Soto or give me death, man. Give me this goddamn guy. I'll talk to you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Day Baseball. I don't know if I'll do my stream as early.